Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers. As usual, here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And we're getting higgy a little bit. A little, little bit in the summer. Yeah, it's, it's hot out, but it's nice and cool in here. Well, gotta love that. We gotta love that central air. Yep. Yeah, it's like 85 degrees outside, but we're not feeling it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I decided to bust out my my favorite candle of all time, the Glade Warm Flannel Embrace. Y'all, this is the best candle anyone's ever made. <laughs> I have extras stocked up. But I've dipped into my reserves because I know it'll be coming back in a couple of months. So I feel safe in that. I can I can resupply soon. Watch somehow Glade like files dis- for bankruptcy. They discontinue it. I will riot. <laughs> I will absolutely riot. It's the best candle I've ever smelled in my entire life. And it's so cheap. Uh, it's the best. But I got, I'm already caffeinated enough. So I just, Same. we got real caffeinated a little bit ago. So I decided to, to do this, um... Honey vanilla chamomile. I, I I put a little extra honey in there for a treat. <laughs> I had an energy beverage and now I'm having a black tea beverage. So, so you're still keeping the caffeine rolling. I gotta just, keep it going. It's a little gentler. It's 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 like a, a nice sort of like relaxing an easing incline. off. Yes, yes. Just, you're, it's a cool. It's a caffeine it's, cool down. It's an evening walk. <laughs> You're letting yourselves down gently. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably not how caffeine works, but it makes sense to my brain. For sure, and that's what's important. Uh, <laughs> but we're 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 feeling it, uh, and we're gonna do some five minute masters now. Yes. So let me tell you about ketchup. Tell me about ketchup. I love ketchup. I love that red stuff. Ketchup was a big part of my life in my childhood. Who? It was the only it? condiment I could deal with, <laughs> and I used a lot of it. As so many, as, you know, I feel like that's a that's a tale as old as ketchup. Yes, and ketchup <laughs> is old. So um, uh, there's sort of uh, a couple different theories, as as many things go. Right, um, things that are that old. It's like who can say where it came from. But the name comes from the 17th century, a Chinese uh, condiment of uh, pickled fish and spices. Well, that's not really what it is anymore, huh? No, and there's a lot. This is a this is a, tr- a term turbulent history. Well, here tomatoes have a very turbulent history. Well, just you wait. Yeah. Um, so it originally comes, I, and I, I'm just gonna do my very best for this pronunciation. Okay. Uh, koichiap. Okay. Um, or kichiap, um, which. Honestly, sounds it's very close. Very close. It just sounds like a an English speaker who just couldn't be bothered tried to say that. <laughs> yep, that's English for you. <laughs> that's how we get a lot of words. Um, or um, and th- those are just you know different words in different languages. There's also um, Malaysia and Singapore influences um, for other um, ideas of how the na- how it got its name. Sure. Um, but the term ketchup with a C. Was used in the ni- in the 1690 in the Dictionary of Canting Crew. Hmm. Uh, although the spelling may have been used previously. Sure. So in the United Kingdom, ketchup sort of started off with a different meat ingredient to what we know because, because as you said, tomatoes. Tomatoes. Very turbulent history there. So 
I'm going to show you the picture and you're going to guess what it is. Um, I'm going to try and get the picture without the... I don't know what that is, but I don't like it. What is a food that could make it that color? For the audience, it's, it's like, like a brown gray. Yeah, it's it's a paste. It's hideous. I can't even begin to guess. Mushrooms. Oh, well, now I like it. <laughs> now I'm okay so with it. So it's definitely hideous. It's like oh, brown, gray, green. Mushrooms can get real ugly, but I'm a fan. Yeah, so... Um, in the United Kingdom, historically, originally prepared with mushrooms as a primary ingredient rather than Man, tomatoes. what an umami bomb, huh? I feel like it would have been just very different. I want it. I don't, it's not ketchup, but I want it. Give me this, this probably, mushroom paste sauce. Probably much less sweet as well because mm-hmm. sugar isn't introduced until the, the night in the, until the 19th, 20th century. 20th century, I believe, is when sugar really gets introduced. Yeah, and now it's such a sweet condiment. Man, I want this. I want this mushroom paste. (laughs) I need a recipe for that shit. That sounds incredible. (laughs) Um, I think it would be good on certain things. I don't think it would... It doesn't have the flexibility of ketchup, I don't think. I mean, I guess it depends on who you are. Yeah. Although, I mean, I was watching... You saw the video pop up on on our shared YouTube journey. (laughs) But I watched it earlier of, like, that princess victoria food that was served to her oh yes it has a lot of aspic in it and i i could never do never and they were just like loving it they're like it's like diamonds (laughs) aspic is the most hideous food in the world total side note but that dish that they were making liver surrounded by cooked egg cut out in little circles that look like spaghettios Mm mm-hmm all formed in this in an aspic in an aspic sphere <laughs> which and they were like oh this must have been such a treat for young queen so, Vic- or so, princess victoria so luxurious it's like yeah because it takes a half an hour to make each one from by servants right and to make it on this scale like ugh. yeah and yeah. like it would have been it, it's weird it's, to look at it's but. extremely grand it also sounds nasty as hell <laughs> But that's fancy people food for you. Yep, yep. Okay, back to ketchup. Back to ketchup. Um, the least fancy of all foods. <laughs> um, so either mushrooms or sometimes even walnuts. Interesting. Please. Almost a pesto. There we go. <laughs> it's just anything that you can pickle. Just make a paste. <laughs> it's ketchup. Um, uh, and it, uh, in the United States, it was in, it introduced in 1770 or dates back to that far. So. Mm-hmm. Colonies were using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a pre-tomato ketchup. Pre-tomato. Uh, tomatoes, uh, there's a recipe that showed up for tomata cat soup <laughs> uh, in 1817. Okay. Uh, so before the Civil War, by the mid-1850s, anchovies had been dropped from the recipe. So okay. it still had its fish origins. Okay. So it's almost like a kind of a Worcestershire thing going on. It's, it's, it's. It's all of it. Yeah. But th- that's very English. <laughs> yes. Very English. Um, tomatoes also appeared in the 1824 recipe in the Virginia Housewife, a cookbook mm-hmm. written by Mary Ru- uh, Randolph, okay. Thomas Jefferson's cousin. Oh. Man. Um, and American cooks begin to sweeten ketchup in the 19th century. So, uh, okay. 19th. So, in the 1800s. Yeah. Um... 
And then there's stuff with the Heinz eventually get involved in the of 1830s. Course. When did it turn into tomatoes? Um, that was uh, the first recipe in 1817. Okay. Um, I don't think there's like a... I think we'd have to go So it almost them. seems like the idea of ketchup was originally just sort of like a, a general idea of a kind of sauce. Yes, like and a sour, vinegary fishy condiment condiment and then it sort of got codified into a tomato sauce yeah the tomato lobby (laughs) big tomato big tomato got involved (laughs) (laughs) um uh yeah in 1913 webster's dictionary defined ketchup with a c as a table sauce made from mushrooms tomatoes walnuts etc okay so it was just sort of a style of sauce yeah Hmm. um and then there's the stuff when the delivery method has changed eventually because of sodium benzoate with being able to preserve stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then some people are like, well, we don't want that. We don't need or, or necessarily need that because if it's vinegar, like vinegar does its own thing. Right. Um, pectin is also involved. Like right. ketchup used to be a lot runnier because they Makes used sense. unripe tomatoes. Okay. So it was sort of a. Yeah, sort of a saucy sauce. Yeah, they used unripe because I think it preserved longer. But then with sodium benzoate, they could use pickled ripe tomatoes. And then it was thicker because it had more pectin. Hmm. Yeah, so there's all this fun stuff. Um, and then the little ketchup packets eventually, but that's oh, yeah. not as interesting. Um, but the one fun thing that I found, if I can find it here... Ketchup is one of the many products that is leachable. Leachable. Meaning that the water within the product migrates together as the larger molecules within the product sediment, usually causing water to separate out. So it separates. Yes, which we all know. You We're gotta shake very the... familiar with yes. that quality. Which is great. I mean, it's not great, but it's just a, it's it's just a fact of ketchup. It's a fact of life. Yes. You've got to um, shake the ketchup bottle. But it's just weird that it's a like a chemistry thing yeah i guess i never really thought about it like it's a chemical reaction really yeah that the water's just like hey no thanks i don't want to be involved really i always just sort of assumed i thought it was the vinegar just sort of like 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 it was just sort of an issue of like it's actually you know sediment in a in a suspension yeah but it's which it kind of is but it's like a molecular instability within the product it's actually on the molecular level not just yeah wow so this instability is caused by interactions between hydrophobic molecules and charged molecules within the ketchup suspension. Wow. So I think in layman's terms, it is, it sinks. Right. The stuff in it, sinks. The sediment sinks. The sediment sinks, but... There's a whole chemical thing happening. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's ketchup. Fascinating. <laughs> okay. We're going to change gears here because I'm going to tell you about the euthanasia coaster. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I've seen this. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. think I tweeted about it. I don't know if you I did. was like, it's the modern day guillotine. Yes. Yes. It's been kind of floating around mm-hmm. this this concept of the euthanasia coaster. So I want to, you know, those of you listening, you may have seen this, you know, kind of memeing. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you what it actually is. Okay. Um. So it was designed by a... Um, Lithuanian artist, Julionas Urbonas, <laughs> uh, and it, he made it a scale model, 
also, um, which was uh, displayed in like an art exhibition. Um, but it is, so it's a hypothetical steel roller coaster designed to kill its passengers. Yes. Um, and if anyone's ever, hasn't seen it. Yeah. It's basically like somebody doing a lot of cursive. It's very loopy. It's a, it's like a big one. Yeah. And then lots of a little ones. A big hill. So here, uh, the design, uh, it begins with a steep angled lift to the 510 meter, that is 1,670 foot top. It would take two minutes for the train to reach the apex. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's a note here. Any passengers that wished to get off could then do so. Wow. So the point, it's, the concept is not that this is like a means of punitive. Murdering. Punishment. Yeah, or, this yeah. is not a punitive execution. This is euthanasia. Yeah. So um, from there... A 500 meter or 1600 foot drop would uh, take the train to uh, 360 kilometers per hour. Uh, That's 220 miles per hour. uh, Close to terminal velocity. um, And then flattens out um, and begins the first of seven seven inversions. So those are our our (laughs) loop-de-loops. Um, and each inversion has a smaller diameter than the one before, um, in order to maintain a lethal 10G velocity. Oh, God. Um, I can barely handle a single G. Well, this is euthanasia, baby. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, after a sharp right-hand turn, the train would enter a straight where the unloading of corpses would occur and new passengers could, uh... So is it just the, the, the sheer force that kills people? Yes. So basically it would um, kill passengers through uh, cerebral hypoxia. So just your brain just would lose oxygen. Because it's just being like pulled so far, so hard. Yeah, that's just what 10 Gs do to you. Um, so it's not like it's breaking your body. You just gray out and black out and die. You just can't. You can't live. Your brain can't get the oxygen. Yeah. Um, You know, it's like what happens with like um, pilots, you know, fighter pilots and stuff or, you know, whatever, where it's like the velocity is too great and you black out. Okay. Yeah. 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 See, I always misunderstood that. Oh, really? At least when I was younger, I thought it was like, oh, they're not getting enough oxygen because there's no oxygen in the in the. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no. no. It's your brain. Okay, because there's a lot of, like, f- jet movies where they're right, like, right. I can't breathe. Right. And I'm like, why? You right. have a face mask. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, no, it's not actually a, a, um, that your lungs can't get the oxygen. It's that your brain can't get the oxygen. Okay, wow. Yes. You learned so, something new. Yeah. Well, that's what 5-Minute Masters is for. Yeah. That was a double whammy right double there. Whammy! <laughs> so, um, obviously, this is not... Something that Urbonus imagines being actually practically implemented. This is because it's impractical to yes, the extreme. This is a thought experiment, and yeah. it has to do with ideas of like, um, like extension of human lifespan, mm-hmm. and you know the idea of like how to end sort of humanely it, end life. Yeah, and so he was like, "What if it was a ride?" Well, it's like. Spoilers for the good place. Uh huh. At the very end of the show, they're given the opportunity. 
you're you can you can live forever in paradise or you can go through this door and we don't know what happens right probably the end of your existence probably so yeah and so it's like that we're like hypothetically if in the future human life was extended to as far as we could imagine people were like i need to i need to get off this ride by going on this ride right absolutely so you know it's it's mormon and it has it it's definitely a contentious work of art a lot yeah. of people are like you know is it supposed to be funny because that's not funny and it's like wow way to be a buzzkill <laughs> you know <laughs> like we can i feel i feel like you can have you know it's like obviously the ending of one's life is a serious matter but like you can chill. You can lighten up about it too. Like you yeah. can't, especially when it is just a thought well, experiment. A, the American culture has such a weird we relationship. Have such hangups about yeah. And now it, this is not strictly American. You know, this is sort of an international conversation. No, that's why I'm saying that. Yeah. Like you know, mm-hmm. to us, it might feel like a little weird, uncomfortable. Um, but you know, to other cultures, it might be like, well, it's just we're just having a laugh. It's just you know. Thinking about maybe not living anymore. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it is a work of art. Like, it is it is a, it is a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, um, sorry to anyone who was really excited about the idea of a euthanasia coaster, but it's probably not ever going to exist. I mean, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, I mean, there you did. Yeah, we've already. We've all done it. No, I haven't. See, I You've never never played roller coaster. No, no, no. I've never made a death coaster. Oh, that's right. Because I can't do that. <laughs> I don't kill my Sims in the swimming pool. I can't do that shit. I feel too guilty. Uh, but yes, so people have sort of criticized uh, Mr. Urbonus um, that he was just sort of like indulging in outrageousness. You know that it was just like sensationalism. Well, it's like, what if it is though? Like, calm down. Right. It's art. <laughs> Uh, it's just a thought experiment. So, um, you know, calm down. Uh, but it's, it's a pretty interesting idea and man, you know, like there's a pretty wild art out there and it's cool to think that like people are, you know, when you're not really like keyed into like the modern art world, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of don't realize like there are people out there making art about like really forward-thinking topics Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not just, art isn't just, like... Aesthetic. Aesthetic or entertainment. Like, it is doing work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's an interesting work. It's an interesting work of art. What year is it? Uh, It was designed and the model was made in 2010. Okay, so it's fairly recent. Pretty recent. recent. Yeah, pretty recent. Within the decade. Cool beans! Yeah! (laughs) Okay, so... Everybody, Red Alert, Umbrella Academy, Season 2 just dropped and we liked it. <laughs> <laughs> we edited up. We did. We really did. Um, so, that's what we're talking about today, in case yep. you hadn't guessed. <laughs> 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 Though you probably read the episode title, so you knew that already. Uh, yeah, so this season, it's weird. Like, it picked up right where the other one left off, but also there's a huge time jump and sort of a... Varied time jump, depending on which character you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and it... Because, like, for for five, it's immediate. Yeah. For everyone but else, for, it's years. Yeah, because I think the longest... So, basically, they leave the apocalypse in 19, or 2019. Mm-hmm. They show up... In Dallas. In Dallas, Texas, in the, in the same alley, 
in certain points in the 60s. Yes. I believe, and I, I could be wrong because I don't remember exactly the order, but I yeah. think Klaus stays there, is he's the longest He's dropped off first. I believe he's in 60. Yeah. So he's there for like three years before. I think you're right. Before uh, five and uh, enters the picture. Um, but basically they all get scattered about mm-hmm. in time and they got to wait around for each other. Yes. And they get up to some shenanigans. Um, now, I think the thing that we both really liked about this season was that they got to get over their shit and be siblings. Yeah. Because in the first season, it's very like, oh, they bicker like siblings, but also they have traumas associated with each other and they're They family. don't all like each other. They don't like each other a lot. At, like, yeah. in the first season, nobody really has any sort of like fun interactions at all. And I'm, I'm feeling like there's probably some forgetting. It's been quite yeah, a while since yeah. we've watched it. We should really have Will down here because he just watched He just it watched season like, one for the first time. 24 hours ago, he binge read the whole thing. That's my husband. <laughs> Stays up all night watching an entire season of Umbrella Academy. Uh, so, yes. This season, and you know what? I think part of it was, you know, they all learned and grew in mm-hmm. season one. And it was very uncomfortable and they learned the secrets of the or some of the secrets of their father Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah there's fun secrets everywhere um but yeah they sort of some stuff came out in the open they were forced to confront each other and themselves Mm -hmm. and then they each got a couple of years to sort of calm down a bit excluding five yeah to sort of like reflect and grow Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and it took them all in really different places you know klaus i you know i feel like of all of the siblings um that sort of got their years to do their thing klaus maybe had the least growth because he was sort of back on his bullshit and more than ever but i almost feel like it was helpful to him because he was dealing with post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. dealing with intense grief yes dealing with drug addiction and alcoholism and I don't think that he actually worked through any of he those He didn't things. work through them, but <laughs> he 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 became he becomes a guru, quote unquote. Yes, he's a he's a cult leader. He's a cult leader, but he's also like it, it's it's implied that he's not drinking during this time because <laughs> when he starts drinking again near oh, the end, they're like, oh, it's a kind what, of a big deal. Yeah, um, so he, he is sober. Yeah, because he's he's sort of like. But emulating he, the 60s like right. peace well, love he and has, purity. he has traded his chemical vice of of drugs and alcohol he's not using substances he's using people he's using people now he's yeah. he's moved on to attention yes narcissism <laughs> and celebrity but he does hate it he, at a certain yes point. i mean because he, it's in it's not any healthy. Yeah, it's annoying to him. It's it's annoying and it's and it's unhealthy. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's not good for anyone involved. So yeah. like, he just hasn't he has a new lesson to learn. But I don't know that he's fully worked through. Oh, by the end he has not because he definitely has not. In the in the exciting conclusion, he's like, who else needs a drink? And everybody's like, sure, we need one. It's like, no, Klaus, how about you're we, an addict. He's like he's an addict. I feel like they're trying to sort of show that he's maybe like tempered himself, but if that's his first inclination, maybe not. Right. Well, and that's the thing is if you're an addict, which he is, you can't, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. You got to stop entirely. Yeah. And 
I don't know. I almost, okay. And this sort of gets into my feelings on the tone of the whole season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Overall, it is much more fun and I appreciate that a lot. It was a good time season despite all of the crazy badness. Like you got to have some really fun, good feelings this season. I also think that they flanderized, to use a term, a lot of the characters. And I believe that that is sort of what's happening to Klaus is, oh, but that's what we love about him. He's our hot mess boy. And so he can't be permitted to to heal and, 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 and face his addiction because... But that's what's fun about him is when he goes on binges. And so for our entertainment, he can't get better. He also doesn't have any resolution with his... uh, His his, boy? His boy. Yeah. Um, Which is sad for him, but I feel like he... There's so many characters that they just can't fully, like, commit. It's Yeah, they're splitting their time. Yeah. I feel like, again, implied that maybe he learned, like, I can't. I can't that. save him. I can't save him. Um, and I think we get like a little bit of a hint when we see Dave. I think his name's Dave. I think it's, that sounds right. <laughs> um, getting on the bus to go to uh, training. Training, yeah. Um, that he's hesitant. And he's right. like waiting for Waits class to for show someone up. to come and tell him not to do yeah. this. So I'm wondering how that will affect the future right because because we've already seen that they have changed the future significantly they have and the whole point of this season is setting up how they fucked up the future (laughs) because they're doing so much right like they didn't even fucking think about they're like oh we're just doing little things like i'm just i'm just on a farm I'm I'm just helping the civil rights movement. We're just introducing ourselves to our dad decades before we were ever born. <laughs> oh no! And we're gonna. I'm excited to see how that one plays out. And that's also, the big one. that is a big one. And also, like, all of them are suspects in the Kennedy assassination now. <laughs> that changes history a wee bit. <laughs> uh, and also, five is like. A suspected kidnapping victim because he's right? a child, so he couldn't be a conspirator, even though he's like literally the man who did it. I, he's he, yes, yes. Uh, well, actually, we don't well, know now. He's not anymore. He, he was, was the man who killed Kennedy. And it's funny that Diego never knew that. <laughs> he's like, Dad's gonna kill Kennedy, and it's like, no, five was gonna kill Kennedy, <laughs> and because he didn't, somebody else did. Assumedly, Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, but via. This shadow organization. Right. So let's, okay, so we've talked about sort of Klaus's journey. Let's talk about Allison next. First of all, I just love the two of them together in this season. They get so much sibling love and it makes Mm -hmm. my heart so happy. It it does be such good to see them just so happy to see each other. She enables him. She does. But she's going through her own shit. Yeah, she doesn't have time to fix him. No. So she's like, okay, I've got better booze for you. (laughs) If we're going to do this, (laughs) let's at least do it the right way. So Allison definitely has, I'd say she maybe has the most growth. It's hard to tell because she's just doing so much. Right. But just thinking about her in, like I, um, when Will was starting season one the other night, 
she's a little self-centered, she's a right? Very self-centered, narcissistic yeah. person. Um, especially at the beginning of season one. You know, she's a celebrity, mm-hmm. and her whole thing is using her rumor, and she's just, you know, historically been interested in just t- looking out for herself and taking what she wants from people. Yeah. And and then she, she realizes. She realizes she's hurt the people close to her mm-hmm. in doing that. And now she's thinking on a larger scale how she can give back to the world. Yeah, and quitting her power cold turkey. She, yes, she quit her power until she didn't. Uh, <laughs> but she is, you know, she gets involved with the civil rights movement. Um, and, you know, it starts out as just being a, like, I'm. this is a community that will be able to keep me safe. Yeah, because they were protecting her. They're protecting her. Uh, and she's, you know, she's all alone. And then she's like, no, I want to get involved. This is important. And mm-hmm. I want to make a difference here. And I want to participate in this thing because it's about all of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's big for her to want to selflessly give to the world. Yeah. Um, and and I- also not using her strongest asset. Mm-hmm. Because she has learned that it comes at a cost. Yes, absolutely. Like, she really grows and matures a lot. Because she could... She done. could just... Yeah, she could change history. Yeah. By just, like, telling Certain politicians person, yeah. to do things. Yeah. Just rumoring history to go the way she'd like it to go. Yeah. But she knows that that wouldn't really go well. Yeah. She can't, she can't anticipate the consequences of that, so she's mm-hmm. going to do it the, the, the old-fashioned way. way, the hard way. Um, and I, and it's, you know, the show doesn't like go out of its way to be like, look at Allison's growth. Yeah. But it's, it's really enormous. Yeah. Um, I like her much more. And when we do see her using her power, at first it's Mm self-defense and then it becomes when she's sort of showing off, Mm -hmm. she realizes, oh shit, this is dark. I'm slipping back into my, my old habits. And cruelty. Yeah. Yeah, she's becoming that bad person that she doesn't want to be anymore. Which, the, as the audience, you're like, I mean, he deserves it. But slippery slopes. <laughs> but slippery slopes. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a pretty that's a pretty rough scene when she's tormenting the diner owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, because it's like, yeah, that guy's a racist shithead, but this is fucked up, Allison. <laughs> and like Ray is like, uh, okay, honey, that's enough. That's enough. Like. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't have to do this. Like, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's like, uh, you know, it's, you completely sympathize with her because she just felt so humiliated and powerless that she needed to, like, take back that power. Yeah. And she succumbed to the, you know, sort of the seductive nature of her ability. Yeah. And we should definitely give a shout out to her husband. Oh, Raymond Chestnut. Because he tempers her. He's so good. He's like pure good. He's pure good. <laughs> and very smart. And he's basically, it, it's assumed that he's sort of running the show as far as he's like planning the sit-in. Right. He's like a leader yeah. in the civil rights community in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like teaching her the methods of the movement. Mm-hmm. And falling deeply in love with her. Because he's gorgeous. Uh yeah, no, Raymond Chestnut is a hero. Um, and, and very understanding, like, when shit's falling apart, and she's like, I've got brothers and sisters, and they don't look like me, and we all have superpowers, and we're from the future, and he's like, um, 
okay. <laughs> right. Like he gets mad at first because he's just like, you're keeping secrets from me and I'm not comfortable with this and I'm worried that you're not the person that I thought that you were. Yeah. And once she comes clean and tells him the truth and does the right thing, he's like, okay, <laughs> I don't understand, but I trust you again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're not infiltrating my... You're, you're not working for the FBI. Uh, yeah. You're on, you're doing some shit that I can't comprehend, <laughs> But I love you. Yeah. And I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. Like, uh, I feel like they walked a really difficult tightrope with him. And mm-hmm. I think they hit all the right notes. Yeah. Because they could have easily made him like, like when he questions, have you ever used it on me? Mm-hmm. He could have spiraled from there. Right. But he trusts her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He trusts her. Ultimately. Um, so Allison's arc, I think, is very, very strong. Very, very good. Yeah, I, I think that that's... I, I feel like the theme for this season is a little less sort of straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, season one is about these different people confronting their shared trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In their own ways, and the ways that they received that trauma. Um, whereas this season, you know, they're all sort of given the opportunity to grow and lean on each other and lean on each other and so they grow closer as a family but not all of them are able to heal quite as effectively yeah you know allison really has the strongest journey of growth and redemption Mm -hmm. um whereas like luther yeah luther and diego both kind of have a rough time of it they do um so let's start with Luther because there's less to say. <laughs> yeah. So he he receives a huge helping of Flanderization this season. Mm-hmm. You know, like going back and watching the first two season, first two episodes of season one, he's like pretty smart and capable. Yeah. And in season two, he's a goddamn idiot. <laughs> like he has zero brains, and it's like you know, in in season one, he's the one who comes in and he's like. Hmm, this looks weird and suspicious. I, I'm worried that somebody has killed dad. And mm-hmm. he's like thinking about it and getting everyone together and being strong. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's maybe paranoid, but he's thoughtful. Yeah. And like, he's just a big idiot eating a sandwich in every single episode but I, oh, of season I, two. Thinking back though, it's almost like it's a choice for him. Because when five he's, comes to find him, he's like... I'm done with all that. He's it like didn't help me out before. Decided to I'm going to be a off. boxer for this gay yeah, mobster. I, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm an enforcer for the gay mob now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think they may have, you know, they may have taken it to the point where it's not just that he's like, I'm not going to engage anymore. It's like he's actively stupid. Yes. And it's very funny. It's very funny, but it doesn't feel like the same character. It doesn't. Um, I'm fine with it in his case. Less so in Diego's case. Yeah. I'm fine with it in Luther's case because it's like his power is his strength. They want us. They they definitely wanted to like give everybody their lane. Yeah. Because before they were all super smart, well educated children. Yeah, I feel like they all still had distinct lanes. It's just, I mean, that's I I keep saying the word because it's fun to say. It's flatterization. Mm-hmm. They just they need to really cartoonify yeah. these characters and turn them into like very simplified versions of themselves where they got to be a little more nuanced before mm-hmm. um or we've done away with some of that nuance yeah but, for good and bad because yes. it is a, a much more fun season it's true 
Um, but I could have done with a little bit less idiocy from Luther and Diego. But yeah, but so Luther's facial expressions in he's this very funny. He's very funny. <laughs> he's very he just feels funny. like a different guy. Yeah, uh, I do remember reading before I finished the season. There were people that were annoyed with his character. Uh, I'm less so annoyed with him because he's just he just doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah, you know, and he's not like being that bad and gross or anything. No, no, he's a, he's a he's a good boy. Yeah. He's uh, just, you know, stupid. Yeah. So in season two, he is now um, working as an enforcer for Jack Ruby, <laughs> the <laughs> Jack Ruby. Um, and he's just sort of given up. Yeah. He's sort of just resigned himself to, no, this is the life I'm going to live and I'm not going back and I'm not going to try anymore. And it's weird that he's resigned to that. But at the same time, he's still very somewhat linked to the big event that's going to be happening. Right. And he's like... Maybe not even... He's just, like, not really thinking about it. Right. He's, like, Diego with amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> like, he... He... Is it... He's... He always has to be involved because that's Luther. Right. Uh, but, like, I feel like he's just so disappointed in himself mm-hmm. with for what he did Ugh. at the end of season one. Just, yeah. That mm-hmm. he's just like, no, I'm, I'm garbage and I'm not <laughs> going to try anymore and I'm not going to do this anymore because I'm such a fuck up. Yeah. And I am such a failure and I so regret what I did that I, I just can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really tragic. And yeah. he does sort of find a way to come around and care again. But it's yeah. a it's a, an uphill journey. Everyone it's about is halfway like, through the season, I think, when him and Vanya finally have a moment. Right. Well, yeah. And then even then, he's like, anyway, I'm done still. Um, and like they have to really drag him kicking and screaming back into things because mm-hmm. he's like, no, I don't want to do this. No, I'm not going to get involved. And Five's like, fucking, you have to. <laughs> Five is on cocaine the whole time. Well, because he's coming right off of season one. Right off it's, of season one and right off of second apocalypse viewing. Right. It has been days for him. Yeah. Like, this is a whirlwind. You know, for everyone else, years have passed. For him, it has been two weeks since he came back from his first apocalypse. <laughs> like, it has been two weeks that he's been in this little 13-year-old twerking well, body. Well, he even wasn't even in season one there that long, was he? Because he had just come back in that case, I believe, too. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, is the events of season one are like... Two weeks. Yeah. And then now we're right back into it for him. No time has elapsed. It has been two weeks since he came back to 2019. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He just, he's exhausted. (laughs) He is at the end of his fucking rope. Everyone else got to go and live on a goddamn farm, work in a goddamn beauty parlor for two years. Travel the world with a bunch of doting followers. Right. For five, he's just tired. He hasn't had a good night's sleep in Ever. fucking 30 years. Like he's, He is so good in this season. He's really good. Like, it is it is interesting. And they do such a good job of keeping track of who was where, when, and what they know and what they don't know and where each oh, of them yeah. are coming from. Especially you, by the end. You where you're like, feel... I don't even know who you are. <laughs> yeah. What's that quote from? It's I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but you really feel his... His exhaustion and his exasperation. Oh, it's from Infinity War. Oh, yes. When <laughs> Scarlet Witch is like, you destroyed my yeah. everything. I don't even know. You. Well, and that just that just is an echo of, um, you know, for you, it was the worst day of your life. For Bison, it was Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
so yeah, I guess let's move on and because not there's not a whole lot to say about Luther. No. You know, he just he's inspired at a certain point to to rejoin his family. And he's comic relief. And he's great. He's great, but he doesn't he's not doing a lot. He's just He gets kicked in the balls. And he just has to be convinced. It's like, no, you love your family and you want to come back and you owe it to them Mm -hmm. and you owe it to yourself. Yeah. And he comes around. Also, the the whole Allison thing. Yes, always Allison. Always Allison. And he's, yeah, he's just depressed about that. It's when he finds out (laughs) that that she's she's married, he's like, hate eating chocolate cake or something. Why is he? It's it's, it's got to be chocolate because he gets it on his teeth, but like it looks weird. It, yeah, I can't remember, but it, he's just like looks like he's about to cry, and he's like, "That's so great." <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about five, because um, yes. yeah, he's the main character. Yeah, well, and, and as we said, he's just fu- he hasn't stopped yet. It's just <laughs> constant for him. He makes a new friend right away. He makes a new friend, Elliot. Right- yes, Elliot, and. It's very funny because base of operations. Yeah, Elliot's like a weird conspiracy theorist guy, and so Five just sort of uses his powers to like he manipulates him. He's yeah, like he's like just I, sort of implies. I'm to the him, most important thing happening. So can you just get on this train right now? Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? All the stuff that you're like obsessed with. Here I am. <laughs> now you're gonna help me. Yep. And he does. Uh, Elliot deserved better. He did. I mean, it's it's a great point plot point for the series, but it makes me sad. I agree. They could have. <laughs> time traveled and saved him yeah yeah instead he got just viciously murdered by swedish psychopaths uh <laughs> they were really the only thread the sh- it could have done without i think but it sort just, of motivates and needed, connects things a little bit they needed that pressure yeah. they needed something to come in and press on because we don't have uh hazel and cha-cha this yeah. season and so it does it does pressure the the lila diego stuff too yeah they're just there to you know kind of put the heat on a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. They don't need to be characters beyond that. They're just... Yeah. Literally, one of them says one word. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a fire underneath them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it works for me. It's a device. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, he... So, five is at the end of his fucking rope. <laughs> at this point, he's like, how many goddamn apocalypses do I have to stop? I just want to go home with my family. Can I please? Uh, <laughs> to the point where he, he's willing to make any deal... He'll, he, he's down to desperate measures. Yeah, he makes a deal with the devil. He does. First, he tries to talk to fucking Reginald about it, <laughs> which is, like, insane. Yeah. And then Reginald- He knows, he w- worked for the time police. He worked for the time police. He should know better. Right. He really should know better. Yeah, he does the most insane, he's so tired. He does the <laughs> most insane things. He talks to Reginald, he makes a deal with the handler- and he tries to make a deal with his past self. And he murders the... The fucking board of board directors. directors of the time police. Like, he is desperate. This poor man. <laughs> this poor tiny man. I really love him. He's my favorite forever. He's really good. This kid. Give him everything. Yeah. We were we were discussing how he would have been a better Artemis Fowl. He really would have. And we were discussing how crazy it is that before this, basically the only thing he ever did was a Nickelodeon television show about quadruplets. (laughs) And he was like the silly dumb brother. (laughs) Just crazy. Uh, He's remarkable. This kid like runs circles around his adult co-stars. Oh, yeah. 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 Literally and and, uh, metaphorically running circles around them. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a powerhouse, this kid. 
Can't wait to see what he does. I know. Can't wait. Uh, give him everything. Uh, so, yeah, he's just making desperate choices. He has no time to reflect. But he grow. also brings the family together. He does. He does. He will not let them give up on each other and themselves. He's like, why have you guys not found each other by now? You guys suck. You can't accomplish anything. Why do I love you? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you children. <laughs> you idiot babies. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, that's sort of the interesting place that Five is in where he doesn't have the time to slow down and grow. Yeah. And and that is a coming. Like, I feel like he's got to have some kind of... Yeah rest he need he deserves he's gonna hit to a wall yeah. rest yeah uh because he just he's just a ball of nerves like i and i and i feel like we were discussing the 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 vending machine oh like, yeah what the fuck was that he so he's on his way to assassinate the board of directors and he's just in this like he stops for a can it's there, in he, wisconsin or yeah somewhere in the midwest at some sort of little convention like, hall convention hall hotel and he Tries to get something from a vending machine and it doesn't fall and he just kicks the shit out of this vending machine. And he gets so frustrated and it's like, what was the point of that except for, I hypothesize that he was just amping himself up. Or maybe he's just so fucking tired. He's he's exhausted <laughs> and he's frustrated mm-hmm. and he's he just can't like, fucking, I can't even have a piece of candy. I can't, he can't deal with this anymore. And he's like about to do something that he... He can't believe he's going to do this. Yeah. That he knows he's entirely capable of. But this is a desperate yeah. move. Mm-hmm. And he's just jacked up and freaked out and furious. Um, yeah. I will say, and there's, this is a moment of the writing kind of falling down for me. He, you know, he goes in and he axe murders everybody. It's a great scene. Every fight scene with five is a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the fucking reception lady comes in and like tackles him for the vending machine. Meanwhile, they're surrounded by bloody corpses. Like, she's not gonna address that? Yeah. Like, it felt so insane and cartoonish, it lost me. Like, that whole, that yeah. scene was, that scene could have been great, but it was really hampered by a little bit of confusion with the vending machine mm-hmm. and a whole lot of nonsense with this woman. I think the only way it makes sense to me, and there's no evidence for this in the show, is if she's also working for the commission... And yeah, I and feel so like that's like, like a desperate act to stop him. That's a but huge she, late she, would, she would have addressed that. Right? So Yeah, I think that's that's you're giving him too much credit. Yeah. I think that it was just a little bit of uh-huh. TV nonsense. Yeah. Um you know, and it's like you could have easily written that in a way where it's like she's just like a crazy hero who's like I'm gonna stop you no matter what. This yeah. murderer, like you know, she sees that she's you know she sees the vending machine and then she sees what he's doing and she's like, I gotta stop him. I gotta be a hero. Um, and you know she's this like crazy, you know, hero woman, but that she's stopping him because he's a murderer. Yeah, not because. Because like, they're literally surrounded by bloody corpses and she doesn't even yeah. notice. Like, I just can't. I just can't with that moment. And it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, great stuff. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Uh, But yeah, that's that's five. He just, he doesn't have a goddamn moment. (laughs) He doesn't have a goddamn moment. And he's fucking done. I love the, I do love the, um, what do they call it when he's too close to his self? Timeline madness or something Something like that. Something like that. 
Oh, it's funny. It's so fucking funny. He does such when he a, introduces the psych, something psychosis. Yeah, when he introduces the the list when he's just facing the camera. Uh. They do a lot of great gags like that. Like this season. So um, season one does have the like Umbrella Academy title cards mm-hmm. on every episode, but in this season, it's all it's like a very classic nineteen sixties like teleplay style mm-hmm. with the font and all. Love it delightful <laughs> uh and so yeah it's got a lot of those kinds of like editing gags yeah very fun stuff um diego diego i i struggled with him this season i did too but i still i think i enjoyed him more this season really yeah. see i liked all of his stuff with mom in season mm-hmm. one like you know see at the beginning of season one it's like oh he's just boring he's just the edgelord guy and then you get to see inside his heart yeah and you get to see the vulnerable side of him with his stutter and it's like yeah. oh no he's actually really scared and mm-hmm. this is all a front this is a facade yeah. this is the persona he has built up to keep himself safe mm-hmm. love that that's the whole thing of his character in season one that's the way that he is reacting to his trauma in this season, he's just fucking dumb like Luther. <laughs> he's just dumb. So he gets to Dallas 60s, immediately stops a mugging with his knives. Because he can't stop. Because he can't stop. And then proceeds to continue to do that, we can assume. Right. But he immediately learns what year, you know, that, oh, Kennedy's still alive and he's coming to Dallas. This is my mission. This is my mission. And then he gets... Arrested and put in an asylum. asylum. And he... So he's just obsessed with the idea of saving Kennedy. And and the doctors are like, Kennedy's not dying. Kennedy's safe. And he's like, (laughs) no, he's going to get it assassinated. And it's like, it's kind of funny, but it's just like, Diego. Yeah. Get get real help. Yeah. Like, you're so obsessed with it. Which is funny because they're trying to help him, but he... But it's not the right kind of help because because the thing is he he is right Kennedy is gonna be assassinated. Yes. They're just like, but he still is, does have a hero complex. He does, but you know they're treating it like a delusion, and yeah. it's not a delusion; it's an obsession. Yes, uh, and also it's it's health care in nineteen sixty three. Yeah, mental health care <laughs> in the sixties is not a good thing. It's not in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, see, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So you know this 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 mental ward honestly historically looks fantastic like <laughs> for the context that it's in this looks like for the context for the state for the time period very progressive <laughs> it's co-ed yeah uh so he but the, the, yeah the frustrating thing and it's like with luther they just make him dumber than he was yeah. like he doesn't understand words and concepts that he should know yeah yeah what was the one word coup d'etat coup, he didn't know what a coup d'etat was it's like diego would know what a coup d'etat was <laughs> He would definitely know what a coup d'etat yeah. is. Uh, yeah. I mean, if not because of his own sort of proclivities, at least from his education from Reginald. Literally, he probably knows French. He probably speaks because they, French. Because they were all trained in at least seven languages. They had to know each other's languages of origin. I'm pretty sure that was like their... Yes, and I don't think... I don't know. None of them seem to be French. It's not clear. Well, but French is just very useful. In being it is. A child spy. Absolutely. I'm sure he speaks some French. and it Or at least, least was taught French. And he definitely knows what the word coup d'etat means. So moments like that. They yeah. just stick in my craw that I'm just like, this isn't as elegant as season one was. Yeah. Uh, frustrating. 
But I do, by the end of season two, I did sort of warm up to him. And it's like, he needs someone to care about. Mm-hmm. He needs someone to be vulnerable with. Um, You know, now that his mom is gone, he, mm-hmm. d- he can't have that with her. He needs somebody he can open up to. And then, you know, you've got this great complicated relationship with Lila. And mm-hmm. it's like, he wants to open up to her. He feels like they understand each other. And maybe they do, but she's lying to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that conceptually works yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just a fucking idiot and so obsessive to the point where it's like, all right, all right. Right, exactly. They also adjust his powers. Yeah, they, they step him up. Yeah, because in the first season, he loves and is good at knives and can sort of like there were moments, curve the bullet a little. Yes, like, there are moments he, where he accomplishes feats that aren't physically possible with yeah, knives. Yeah, he's just magically good at knives. Uh-huh. But just like a little bit. Yeah. And then when we're sort of transported to Five seeing the end of the world and all of his family members like at the height of their powers... Uh, he does some real, real. He does bullet bending. He's he's yeah. a bullet bender. Yeah, he basically just like can affect projectiles. Yes, and we slow see him... redirect. And then in our big fight climax, he actually stops, stops bullets them. in midair, yeah. Neo style. Yeah, and then they sort of just like whoosh, they go yeah, re- whoosh around him. Uh, so yeah, Which they is, stepped is, him up. It, it it sort of has a logical progression, but it's just a little bit quick. Right. Well, and I and I don't think that it's the case that he like improved his abilities. It's that the show decided he should be more powerful yes, than he exactly. was in season one. I I don't think it's like an in universe growth. I think that it's yeah. a conceptual growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that was important because he did seem a little bit like a Hawkeye. Yeah. And now he, he was cool, but but he it was just like you don't you're the odd one out here. Like yeah. your powers seem like the least powery. Yeah. And now it's definitely powery. Yeah. He very. fits in better. <laughs> With the concept. Um, then we've got Vanya. Vanya. She got to be happy for a minute. She got to be happy. She got, and I, I feel like, and this is sort of the way that the show works. She got to have the absolute most important growth. Mm-hmm. You know, Allison grew hugely as a person, but Vanya most actively and evidently Chili, if that's the word I'm looking for, confronted her trauma and worked through it. And also got to experience life without it. Right. She got to just be normal for a couple of years and she, or was it? I, I don't, I, hers might have been months, months weeks. Yeah, I think um, hers was like a couple months. she probably would have started regaining some memories if it right had been right and yeah I, I don't think she was living with sissy for that long yeah but um but she got to have she got to be genuinely cared about by someone mm-hmm. like honest and kind mm-hmm. and that's so big yeah oh <laughs> it's so good so she gets to the 60s immediately stumbles out into the street and gets hit by a car <laughs> Thor style. <laughs> um, and gets amnesia and then goes to live on the person who hit her's farm. Yes, they sort of take her in. She doesn't remember who she is. And so she starts acting as a nanny for their... Um, autistic, autistic child. Yeah, it's not specifically said that he's autistic, but it's pretty clear that yeah. that's the intention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
she just gets to like live a nice quiet life for a minute. And things are going really well, even though the husband's sort of like a dick. He's like a dick, but also just sort of like just a normal 60s dad. He's not a really bad guy. No. And we talked about this. Like he's just saying he's going back to work, but really he's going to go drink. Right. He's just kind of a shitty husband. Yeah. He's just a shitty husband. Yeah. And he 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 approaches abusive at certain moments. But he's not like physically abusive and yeah. he doesn't really yeah. He, he's just a shitty husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's you know it's the 60s and so he's just like that's what he knows that's what that's, he's supposed to do. That's right. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do and you know when he just, honestly the way that he reacts to It's like, pretty chill. <laughs> right, when he finds out that Sissy and Vanya are like Fucking Macking mutual. on each other. <laughs> he know. doesn't know how far it's gone, but... But, like, he knows that there's something happening between them, and he's just like, well, I gotta do something about this. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not even mad. He's just like, this isn't right, and you can't do this anymore, and I want you to leave. Now, here are my car keys. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's very arrogant. Like, he deeply oh, underestimates so her. arrogant. Well, he, and it, it's so misogynistic, too. Right, because he's just like... Oh, he, you're, he what can you do? You're a woman. Yeah, he doesn't consider what she's capable of. He's just like, she's going to listen to me and she's going to do what I said and that's the way it's going to be. And yeah. he's not worried about how she's going to And react. even if she doesn't do what I say, I'm more powerful than her. I, I, I can, can do what I want. Yes. So... Because he's almost like egging her on to like, oh, you could try it. Go try it and see what happens. Right. And if there's anything that he does that's really bad, it's that he wants to take his son away from sissy yeah um and you know it's sissy is right that the best place for harlan is with her yeah because she can care for him um and he will be better off there it's not like unreasonable that he might think no professionals are going to be able to care for harlan better but it just seems like he doesn't really love his son very much well because he's taking him away not for to help his son it's to punish her yes it is a punishment to her and that's when he steps into like villain territory and then she rightfully pulls a gun on him yes to protect her son uh it's great and powerful i love Um, that we're talking about vanya and we immediately go to them yes i love sissy sissy is really good in this she's so good uh so vanya's story though is that she you know this this amnesia is sort of like it's a defensive amnesia yeah Mm mm-hmm it's a way to not deal with not confront what she did yeah Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm you know, she killed Pogo. She almost killed Allison. She, she almost, almost killed ended the everybody. World. Actually, or she did, and she they did. just got out of it. Yeah, she did technically end the world. So, like... Her brain's like, let's not right now. Yeah, how about we just... No, 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 no. What happened? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, and she has to accept what she did and accept that she can do better. Yeah. That, you know, that she was abused and traumatized and it's not her fault that she was abused and traumatized but it is on her to decide what she's going to do about it yeah and but before she gets to that moment she's reintroduced to her life by her family members coming back into it yes and she still she's like who remember. are you <laughs> yeah she still doesn't remember anything and, and so th- they sort of slowly drip feed her the plot of yes. the first season very carefully and very kindly they do because at first Luther's there and he has a gun because he's like, I have to kill her. 
Right, she's a monster. She's a monster. And then he realizes... And it's my fault that she's a monster, so I have to... It's my responsibility to, to make sure... To put her down. To put her down, yeah. It's stupid. It, yeah, well, that's Luther. <laughs> that's Luther. But that feels very honest to Luther. Yes. That's a moment that I, I really liked and believed in, yeah. in his mm-hmm. character, because it is in line with his, like... I'm number one, I'm responsible for everybody, I'm the leader, and I fucked up, and I have to fix it, and he just doesn't know what the right thing to do is. And then she catches him off guard. Uh She's like, who are you? Who are you? Oh, this little autistic boy. It's okay, little autistic boy. And Luther's like, fuck, what do I do? (laughs) This is not how this was supposed to go. And then eventually Five finds her, and he sort of fills in... Most of everything. But he doesn't tell her everything. He leaves out that she's the reason the world ended. (sighs) Yeah. Which is very kind. It's very kind. Because she's not ready. Right. And and it's like, I mean, of course, he's goddamn, he's almost 60 years old. So, of course, he's going to be pretty mature and, and, like, thoughtful. But he's also a very blunt character. And so you wouldn't expect him to be so tactful. But he's also... Still worried that she could snap. Right. He's managing things. Yeah. <laughs> He's spinning the plates. Yeah. Gotta keep all these plates in the air. God damn it. Whatever it these takes. These super powered plates. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. He knows how delicate she is. And he needs her to stay calm. Yeah. He needs her to work with him. And so he's like, mm, it's complicated yeah, what but, but it's also like enough of a, a hint that, that like, she starts to think about like, it. Like, oh, what did I have to do with this? Yeah. Clearly, and then, I had something to do yeah. with this. And then she has a conversation with Luther and she's like, what did, what I, did I do? What did I do? And he's like, well! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, she, but she does, and her sort of moment of growth coincides with Ben. And I love Ben this season. Yes. She has a little bit more, though, before that even. Yeah. And I just want to, really yep. quick, she's, when she starts to rediscover her power, it's for defense and for healing. Yes. she's She saves somebody. She protects the people that she loves mm-hmm. in a very controlled way. She mm-hmm. doesn't, she doesn't lose herself. She doesn't go overboard. In fact, yeah. she almost, she, she ends up holding back too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that's great that she, because she is feeling healthier yeah she's loved and cared about and she's just doing what she has to and she's also discovering her powers like organically organically and giving them time to herself to time to figure them out whereas before it's like oh i'm a bomb Mm-hmm. and she's just so hurt and angry that she can't control herself um, mm-hmm. there at the end of season one. You know, she's betrayed by everyone. Even, you know, the person that she thought was going to save her from her abusive family it turned out to be more abusive than anyone. And she's just like, I can't take this anymore. I'm so angry. Mm-hmm. Whereas now she's using her abilities out of love. Yeah. Okay, now. Yes. Okay. So she is being tortured by the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't need to cover how we got there. Because they think she's a Russian agent. Or something. Because her name is Russian. And, and she, she speaks, speaks Russian. Russian. And she fell out of the sky and, <laughs> and she can has, do superpowers. And she's on a farm. <laughs> so, you know, it's suspicious during the Cold War. That's suspicious. <laughs> they're right. But they're not right to electro- electroshock and dose her with uh, acid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they... It's very 60s. Yep. So, and then she goes through a mind palace... Trauma gate. <laughs> yes. Where she has to metaphorically 
eat a brain to, to remember. regain her memories. And then she's like, oh, all my trauma all at once. Guess I'll explode. Uh-huh. She's now a literal bomb. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're trying to get to her. Her siblings, they're all there for her. They're mm-hmm. they are refusing to fail her again. Yeah. They're putting their own lives at risk mm-hmm. in order to save her and everyone. And... They can't. They can't because they're, they're physical <laughs> humans. But Ben... Is a ghost. Is a ghost. And I love this culmination of his arc because he's learning that he can possess people. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, he, he gets a little bit of time to, like, be a person again and enjoy Earth. And that was sort of him saying goodbye to the world. Mm-hmm. He got to one more day live in the physical world. He got to roll in the dirt. He got to eat an orange and hug a pretty girl. <laughs> and then he says, okay, now it's time for me to step up and have my hero moment and save my sister and it's beautiful sacrifice myself it's beautiful it's so beautiful and it's so sweet it uh, it's uh and he like releases her from her she's like i don't deserve to live i'm a monster yeah her shame yeah and her and guilt. he's like girl you've been through it <laughs> yeah like it's no wonder this happened to you and i'm so sorry that this happened to you and you have to be stronger than it mm-hmm you have another chance to do yeah. right and to fix things and to make better choices. Yeah. And I want that for your life. And not perpetuate the trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's just been a spectator for all of these years, just watching all this shit go down since he died. Yeah. Like, at the point that he died, he wasn't a participant in it anymore. Yeah. And so he got to see how it all happened. And he's like, this is all fucked up. And this was done to you. Yeah. But it's your responsibility to to do better than that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. And it's a beautiful moment. I cry and they hug as he disappears. And, and the effect for him disappearing is really it pretty looks, too. It looks great. Yeah. It looks great. Uh, and she, her immediate response is, I'm hurting you. And he's like, no, 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 no. No, I did this knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've been ready. Yes. I I stayed for y'all. Yep. This is all gravy. I stayed because I was afraid and I wanted to stay with you all. And now mainly I'm ready to Cla- go. Mainly Klaus. Mainly Klaus. Which, who he, up until now, we has, he's meant, they, so have, they have got a very, um. Bantery hate, sort of snide. and Yeah. But yeah. It, but you realize like that's why that's, they like each other. Yeah. they're brothers and it's like you know it's frustrating for ben to just watch everybody make all of these bad decisions and klaus most of all because he's the closest to him because he's the only person he can talk to and because klaus just has the most self-destructive personality of anybody Mm -hmm. on earth yeah (laughs) and he's tired of his shenanigans that he gets roped into like making him a messiah like (laughs) right he's like fine i guess this is what you want to do it's something to do yeah uh but I, I gotta I gotta go back uh, since we're on the topic of Ben. I love the way that Klaus and Ben are like, "What? Your husband's in jail? Oh well, we'll get him out." Like, <laughs> like oh, I know, Ray. Yeah, like it's so great that Ben's like, "I've got a plan," and he fucking haunts the prison guard into fucking letting Ray out of jail. Like. That's so funny. That's so funny, and I just love these brothers that like they didn't really think it through. But they love Allison enough that they're like, your husband's in jail? 
we got this. <laughs> and then Klaus is like, hey, we just met, but I'll We're let brothers. them in jail. But guess what? Yeah, I'm your brother-in-law. Yeah, so and he's like, white? <laughs> How? What? Why? When? Okay. Uh, but just what a funsy. And it's great to see Ben, like, exercising some agency and saying yeah. i've got a plan i'm gonna do it haha ha, i told you this would work my plan was so good wasn't it Klaus? i'm gonna throw that egg salad sandwich at the wall yeah <laughs> type it on the the typewriter all scary let chestnut go or, or die, die. <laughs> and it's like you know you you think maybe this was klaus's idea but then ben's like why <laughs> you worked and klaus is like yeah good job <laughs> so it's nice to see ben like do things yeah Make choices um, and not just be along for the ride. Do we have anybody left? <sighs> That's all the siblings. There's so many. I know. There's seven of them. We should probably talk about the handler. Yes, because she didn't die. She had a metal plate in her skull from a previous wound. And so she survived the bullet to the head. Yes. They were about to cremate her and then she woke up. <laughs> With like all that color in her face still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, wow, they did a really bad job. Like, like what? Auto- to- like, autopsy. Or at least, like, you know, confirmation of death. Like, I don't know. It's fine. This Check is for a pulse. This is, this is fantasy. Yeah. In that regard, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. Yeah, because it's also, like, the future time. Poli- like the- It's funny. It's and funny. And that's enough. And she was compelling in a fun way. She got the best costumes. This season? Yes. I'm, and for that reason alone, thankfully, she's back. Yes. And she's so funny and so sassy and such a megalomaniac. Such a tyrant. It's great. Um, and she's just trying to fucking take as take much it all. power as she can have. She's just like, I am done playing by the she's rules. She's like, I want to be the most powerful person in time. And I can. And I deserve it. And I did. <laughs> uh, and she almost got away with it. Mm-hmm. But five can time travel. That and also she was lying to her daughter that she stole. She was lying to her stolen daughter. She was manipulating the Swedes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she got she got her comeuppance. She ate a fish. She ate a fish man. A man fish? A fish dude? Smart and uh, sentient fish. Sentient fish. We'll never know what AJ. AJ's I love deal AJ. is. <laughs> What? Who? Who's AJ? Why is AJ? Doesn't matter. He's AJ. He's a fish, and I love it. I don't need to know anymore. I don't need to know anymore. Uh, yes, Handler gets to be really fun and villainous. Mm-hmm. Um, wearing her very good outfits. Outfits, wigs. Just galore. Crafts, doing crafts. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She just she just gets to swan around. She's like not doing any of the hard work. She's like a Bond villain. She's so good. She's so so good. Not a lot to say about her other than she's just a delight. Yeah. Uh, She's just doing. She's just doing her thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing that's so great about this season is the siblings being together. Yeah, because in the first season they come together one on one a couple times, and they're like. Working through shit. You know, they have some moments of like honesty and care between them because they're like, actually, I do love you and I know that we went through the same shit together, but they're all so broken and hurt. They they are, they're focusing on themselves. Right. And that's, you know, they need to grow personally, 
But now that they've, you know, most of them have had time to sort of, like, work through some shit and reflect, and they're just so happy to find each other again. And they're so sweet. I mean, Klaus and Allison are just the sweetest. Vanya and Allison. They, oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite moments and my favorite line, when I think, Vanya of When Vanya says, I, I have a sister. I can't believe I have a sister. I can't believe I have a sister. And it's like, oh. Because <laughs> Allison is like, yeah, let's Allison, do it. Well, Allison at first is like, what the fuck is going to happen? Last time I saw this woman. She was killing me. She was killing me. And. and <laughs> Twice. Double, right. double, like slitting my throat and, and then, then sucking the life force out of me. Yes. So, and then of course, Allison feels so much guilt for what she, how she contributed to Vanya's mm-hmm. abuse. And that she was the biggest bully of all yeah. of them. And they just had such a hateful relationship. And just to get a clean slate for Vanya to be like, a sister, this is so great. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're here. Mm-hmm. And Allison's like, that is such a relief. That is so, <laughs> I want this. Like, yeah. I want to just have a sister. Mm-hmm. And I want us to just love each other. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's so touching. And then Klaus comes in for the side hug. <laughs> yeah, because Klaus, Klaus has so much love. He yeah. has so much love in his heart. Yeah. That's the thing about Klaus. and I. And he, needs, he needs someone to give it to. Yes, he does. And he can't give it to Ben. Right. Because Ben's not there. Ben's not alive. Um, but... And he tries to give it to Dave. And he can't keep it. But Dave, Dave is too young, A. And, and just doomed to, doomed, doomed to die. to die. He can't keep him. Um, and so, you know, and, you know, it would be great if he gets to have a loving partner that he can keep... But he's got his siblings. Yeah. And they they all have so much love to give each other. Mm-hmm. But that, and I'm sure we talked about this in our previous episode about Umbrella Academy. Uh, Klaus is just this like raw nerve. He's just a beating heart. Mm-hmm. His heart is on his sleeve. He seems like he's, you know, he's, he's Mr. Jokes. He's just, you know, swanning around, being funny, mm-hmm. being flippant. But he is so ready to just put his heart out there. Mm-hmm. And he's the most vulnerable of all because yeah. of that. Oh, I love him. He's mm-hmm. so sweet. And I love when he tells Diego that he looks like Antonio Banderas. Because you know he would never give Diego the satisfaction of that. No, he would never give him a compliment like that. But it's like, well, we're about to die. You look really hot. And Diego's like, <laughs> Oh, and also you. the moment, <laughs> that moment. And then also as they're all assembled, he's like, did we all get hotter? <laughs> Um, and then there's that also that moment, I think it's Vanya and Diego in the car. Um, I'm blanking on it. I just had it and it just... That's okay. There's so many sweet moments, though, of yeah. just these siblings being happy with each other. Yeah. And it's... it's We deserve it. And they deserve it. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. It's so, so nice to see them... Functioning. <laughs> Functioning! <laughs> yeah. Um, except for five. Except for five. He's just so mad at everything and everyone. Because it's what he's best at. Right. And I, and again, I look forward to his opportunity to heal. Yeah. Because he's got so much... He probably has the most trauma. He has and the it, most uh, time to have had trauma. Right. Well, he's been through shit that the rest of them can't even imagine. And so it's like, he doesn't have the sort of familial trauma that they all have. You know, they were just like their young childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't live, he wasn't around for the years of the, the teenage years of the real anger and everybody breaking off 
and leaving each other. Because he was busy surviving the apocalypse. Right. He was doing his own thing and surviving his own shit. And so he's deeply traumatized by years of murder uh, (laughs) and loneliness. And he's just so angry. And being trapped in a child's body. Yes. He's been trapped as a 13-year-old for two weeks and he's already sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) So... I want him to have that. And I hope that we get another season and I hope he gets to do that in that season. It's funny because he's so angry at it, but ostensibly, uh, I I don't even know how to say that word, but... Ostensibly? Yes. He miscalculated his math and has figured out immortality. Right. Because he could just de-age. Probably. I mean, it was an accident initially, but... Well, yeah, and it's not clear, like, because he jumped into, like, a quantum version of his body. Is he just trapped as a preteen forever? Right, yeah. Is he already immortal, or can he just de-age himself when he needs... Is he going to grow, or is he not? I think the handler sort of implies that he will, because when she sees him, she's like, she says a really creepy remark. Well, and I think that it's... it's More of a power remark than a... Right, I think that... And it's sort of a, like, you know... Like a kind of a joke about like putting on your big boy pants. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's creepy and weird, but I think mostly she's like, look at you like nutting up. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, uh, it's not clear. It's like five sort of implies that he thinks that he might be perpetually 13. Yeah. But then also, and it's, it, I wouldn't give Klaus any sort of premonition abilities. Mm -mm. He's like, what if he grows up to be hot? (laughs) Right, we've only seen him as a kid and, and as an old, old man. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all hot, so. Yeah. I love that. Probably one of the most fun moments in the whole season is uh, when Vanya, Klaus, and Allison get drunk and go to the hair salon. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of chat and dance. Just and fucking talk through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. It's a little bit of a reprise of the uh, I Think We're Alone Now. Mm-hmm. scene from season one we didn't even talk about the fucking music Ugh. i mean you know what can be said what other be than said? just just the the greatest the greatest song choices yeah st- the, it's mostly stuff you know but there's a lot of there's 50s stuff, 60s yeah 50s and 60s stuff love fresh that. stuff that like and we've got a you, swedish version of hello by adele mm-hmm. during a modern viking funeral for a leg for a leg Genius. And then we have um, Backstreet Backstreet's back. Backstreet's back in the most tasteful way it could possibly be imagined. It's very cool. It it reminds me of everybody setting fight scenes to Britney Spears Toxic. Yeah. It's that kind of vibe. It it works so well. The power of this choice. I love it. And we were just singing it Mm -hmm. during it. Oh, yeah, I was singing along all season. Like, there are so many great songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this. Like, I can't even name them. Um, just really good choices all around. Um, now, I still I still think that my favorite will always be um, Istanbul in season mm-hmm. one. Because it's just like, because you don't, because it's the first episode. And this happens and you're just like, this is nothing I've ever seen yeah. before. So, you know, now it's like they're making these same Choices, you know, the same level, maybe yeah. even better. Dancing with myself. Dancing, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> dancing with myself. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but, you know, it just that that moment sort of clicks the, the whole thing yeah. in a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just so powerful. 
because it's so unprecedented. Yeah. And now we're just, we're sticking with it and it's all just as strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, do we have any final thoughts on season two of the Umbrella Academy? I don't know if I do other than, um, you know, it's really fun. I enjoyed it immensely. It's very bingeable. Oh, yes. It just, you can just sail right through it. I know I sailed ahead of you by a lot. Yes. Like, I have not been watching as much TV shows lately, Mm -hmm. but this one, I was just like, I gotta get on it. I gotta get to the next episode. It's just, it's, it's even more fun than than season one. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you don't have the trauma. You're not experiencing the trauma with them. It's not as dark. Yeah. It's not as dark. Um, and you just love everybody already. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't have the novelty that season one had, but we're just back in it with our good, good friends. Back on their bullshit. (laughs) Yes. But better, but growing as people. Joining cult, or creating cults. Creating cults, getting involved in Destiny's children. Just, right, man, and yeah. And all of his inspirational quotes are quotes from 90s pop music. Yes, it's great. So... (laughs) Doko Chasing Waterfalls is the first one we hear. Yeah. And then he quotes Backstreet's Back. Yes. And then it starts playing. Yes. Yeah. There's a few moments of his his wisdom, his teachings that are just song lyrics. And it's really funny. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's funny that Backstreet's Back was actually Ben. That wasn't Klaus. Oh, that's right. Because he was like, because that's literally all Ben knows because he died. He's right. He, <laughs> yeah. Basically, he only gets to listen to the music that Klaus listens to. But uh, just just delightful stuff. Just yeah. delightful stuff this season. And we didn't even spoil the ending. We didn't. Look at us. Look at us. Because <laughs> the ending's really not... It It sets up the next season, and it's cool I'm and action-y. I'm super excited to see where that goes. I know. Um, but, like, the real meat right. is the characters. Right. And we do get real confirmation that Reginald is indeed an alien. Well, that, no, we well that, but no, but that's, that's in season one. There's, 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 remember when he's like, his wife is dying and you see like rocket ships taking off out the window. Uh, okay. Like I had kind of forgotten about that. Right, and right, then right. Will was like, Hey, so what was the deal with that scene with Reginald where he's like an alien or something? Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, remind me what season <laughs> one said about that. <laughs> um, and so he's like, does that, you know, does, I was like, yes, I won't tell you what it is, but that concept is addressed in season okay, two. Okay. It is not dropped. So it had already been mm-hmm. sort of yeah. hinted at. That's, Which I think back space. then I was sort of assuming, oh, it's just the surrealness of this world that we're in. It's very surreal. It is. But, I mean, that's like, you know, the the, the commission is very surreal. But, like, Earth is Earth. Yeah. Like, the world is the world that we know. Mm-hmm. It's just that there are these superpower babies around. Um. So you see these rocket ships taking off out the window and you're like, that's not Earth. <laughs> that's not this world that's somewhere else mm-hmm. and he's like super ancient because you know he goes to like new york and starts his umbrella company and it's like that's extremely oh, long yeah. ago mm-hmm. i had kind of forgotten yeah. but so we already kind of knew something was up and we see him take his face off and it's like okay you're a creature <laughs> you're a creature man so uh can't wait can't, can't wait. wait for that gonna mm-hmm. have to gonna have to wait a couple of years We're gonna see the mess they made in time what are they going to do about Aiden Gallagher getting older, huh? They'll just jump ahead. I guess. And they'll just say that he aged. I guess. I'm just so, I mean, they can't, yeah. I'm curious what they're going to do because like, you know, he seen, he looked 
still very young this season. They probably but, filmed them back to back. Yeah, I went going back to the beginning of season one and I'm like, he does look littler here. Mm. He does look a little bit littler. Like they did a very good job of making him look as young as he was yeah. in season one. But I could tell. Yeah, he's approaching... Puberty. <laughs> well, no, he's a, he's approaching um, Vanya height. Yes. And which is he not just, far to reach. He's just, he's filled out a little bit. Yeah. He just looks a little broader. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas he was just like a scrawny little baby. Yeah. By by one. next season, he'll be taller than. Yeah. He'll he'll be he'll be a full teen. Because um, that's not hard to get taller than her. She's a tiny woman. Uh, so we love it. It's delightful. Oh, lesbian! Like yes, we we talked about them, but like it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Finally, they just stopped trying to make Vanya straight. <laughs> Vanya's not straight. Vanya doesn't like men. She can't. That whole season, I was just like, bullshit. Vanya's attracted to men. Yeah, she was dealing with trauma. Right. She was just like, somebody who's nice to me and is interested in me? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm about it. Like, uh, But no, turns out she's gay. Obviously gay. <laughs> Stop trying to make her straight. Uh, and they did. Recommendation? I've literally just been all about Umbrella. Oh, recommendation. Um, So, we play Pathfinder. We do. On the side. <laughs> as frequently as we can. As frequently as we can. Desperately. <laughs> um, specifically, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Yes, we have since moved on from 1st Edition. All about it. Love it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. As as far as we know. So far. <laughs> so, so far. So far, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, just this month, they released... Uh, the Advanced Player's Guide. The Advanced Guide. Player's Guide, which adds four new classes, 40-something archetypes Arch- to sort of spec into, some, some dip in and for some flavor. New new ancestries and versatile heritages. You can be whoever you want to be. We're gearing up for some fun. Oh, it's good. Yes, Matt, if... If you're interested in playing a tabletop RPG, but are intimidated by the monetary investment that Dungeons and Dragons can come with, Pathfinder's the way to go because it's all open source. You it's, don't have to buy the books. And it's very easy to learn. Second edition is so streamlined. It, they really made it so much simpler. First edition really could get stuck in the weeds. Yes. Um, and there's an app for it. There's an app for it, a free app made by a single a, human, a a hero, <laughs> one heroic man. The app is called Path Builder, and the Path Builder for Second Edition is so easy to use. So easy to use. You can just sit there. Literally half the time at work, I'm just on it, like making just playing shit. with characters. Yeah, love that. So fun. Yes. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna try out a tabletop RPG with your friends, um, you like the D and D flavor, but you wanna start cheap. Mm-hmm. Pathfinder is the way to go. Yeah. Of course, we still do buy all the shit because we like to have it. We like to have it. It's nice to have a, a book in your hands for reference and also the pictures. Right. And we just, we like our dice. We like our minis. They're we we want to support toy. them as well. Right. It, we, we we love Paizo's work and we, we would like to support their business and we love to have fun toys to play with so we that's like chunky we, books too we like big books we like little miniatures we like pretty Sparkly math dice. jewelry <laughs> math jewelry yes so highly recommend it like i've not been in this world for very long in terms of tabletop rpgs mm-hmm. from what i understand 
it does it right. It's really good. And this Advanced Player's Guide is, there's so much cool new stuff. It's yeah. pretty brand new. So the there's the website Archives of Nethys. Has already updated with the new information. It can be a struggle to navigate a little bit uh-huh. unless you know the website. Um, but, but there's so much value in this book. Yes. So the book is worth buying if you're already invested. If you're into Pathfinder, it's it's a great addition. Yeah. And soon uh, Pathbuilder will be, we'll updated, be updated as well. A couple so, weeks. Um, you know, it's very... Like, even, literally yesterday, we just planned out new characters and we were having a blast. It's so much fun. Um, and if you are interested in the app Pathbuilder, you, it is free. But I highly recommend buying the full version. Mm-hmm. It is five dollars. It one is time. One time. Well worth the cost. Support the work of this heroic man, this heroic Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> because you get like a little bit of extra stuff for buying it, but you also get unlimited customization within it. It's so valuable, and and this 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 guy just really really deserves it. Deserves so. it. Everything he's given to us. Yes. So, there, yeah, that's a great recommendation. Um, I have a little recommendation as well. Um, a YouTube channel, Miss Lola. Uh, I am so regretful that I didn't check her out sooner. She's actually the daughter of a friend of mine mm-hmm. um, from theater stuff. Um, well, I say friend. We don't know each other super well, but we've done some, some stuff together. Um, so... This girl, she's like 22, and she's a fucking genius. Um, And she has some video essays up. She's relatively new. Um, But she's, her, particularly her work around the book Lolita, Mm -hmm. incredible. She's she's already just like, she fucking knows how to do a video essay. They're very engaging, very entertaining. She's super smart, has a lot of great things to say. I love her work on Lolita and her work on, um... Gulliver's Travels. Great stuff. Highly recommend checking this girl out. Frankly, I think we should try to get her on the podcast. Ooh, Because <laughs> she's love that. super smart and cool, and I know her mom. <laughs> 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 so check out Miss Lola. Uh, that's my recommendation. Awesome. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. You can look for us on Twitter at LitMeritPod, where we post updates, any news about upcoming episodes or questions we have for you. Memes. Memes. We're starved for attention. TikToks. We love a TikTok. We love a good TikTok. We will share with you the good TikToks that we find. And please share us the good TikToks. <laughs> Share us the TikToks. <laughs> and thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song fraud from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, I'm, I'm the, the daddy, daddy here. here.